three icons of motorsports coming together for a weekend of racing excitement. The SCCA with its nearly 80 years of history, Cal Club with 72 years of racing action, and then there's Willow Springs, the baby in the group, founded in 1953. Now, another chapter in this enduring love affair with speed, new stories to add to the lore. This is the Racing Wire Podcast Network's coverage of the Cal Club Region's 2022 U.S. Majors Tour races at Willow Springs. Strap on that helmet and tighten those belts. The racing action starts right now. Sunday racing at Willow Springs International Raceway. I'm Brian Belansky. Alongside me today is, of course, Tristan Parker. We're here for the U.S. Major Tour Races, California Sports Car Club of the SCCA. Let's get to our starting lineup for Group 3. This is our Wings and Things group. Tristan, let's let's get to these, to these cars. Oh, hold on. Let me turn you on. There we go. There we go. In <laughs> row number 5, you have Tom Van Wee in the yellow and Gary Fowler in the orange. Row number 4, you have John Yeatman and Thomas Burt. Uh, and then row number 3, it'll be Corey Condit and Paul Marino. And your front two rows. On the outside of row 2, Caleb Schrader. He's in an FE2 car. He's from Tigard, Oregon. He is, uh, and that is a uh, Formula Enterprises car, of course. Inside of row two, Tim Day Jr., car number eight. He is from Scottsdale, Arizona. He is in a store uh, WF1. That is a P2 car. Then your FE2 pole sitters on the outside of row one. That's TJ Acker. That's car number 62. He's from Saugus. And your pole sitter, just like yesterday, is the P1 car, car number 23 of Jim Devonport. That is an Elan DP2. He is from Alamo, California. So that is your starting lineup here. That's how we're going to get ready as they come to the green flag here for 30 minutes of racing or how many laps did we say that was supposed to be today? I don't remember now. I didn't, neither do I. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, we're going to get uh, 18 laps. That's what it was. 18 laps. We'll probably get 18 laps and especially with this class. This is our fastest class typically uh, of the race weekend. Uh, just slightly faster than the big bore uh, sedans, the GT1 cars. So barring any kind of full course yellow things going on, we should be able to get all of the 18 laps in here. All right, the lights are out on the pace car as they work their way towards the turns 7, 8, 9 complex. Cars are starting to bunch together behind the pace car. Not a big group, so they should be able to get this straightened out without any issues. As we sit here and uh, and wait, <laughs> uh, this was one of those races yesterday where we had Jim Devonport kind of walking away, and then he came in uh, at some point in time, and and I think it was T.J. Acker who had the race win in the end. So we'll keep an, a lookout for that as well. Your pace car is now getting ready to come in. The rest of your field is on the front straight. As we get ready to start race group three here, third race of seven today at Willow Springs. And we are almost ready for that. Looking at the starter stand, the green flag is out. Here we go, two by two as we come down. Jim Devonport jumps to the lead here early, which we would expect because that, of course, is a P1 car. Little side-by-side -side action still as we try to get these cars through turn one. We will see how many went in. Eight went in, or 10 went in. We're hoping 10 come out. 
Well, there was some hard breaking actually, I think going into turn one right there. They were quite bunched up on one another as they went through, but it looks like they've straightened out a little bit here coming around through turn number two. If you're following along closely, you might notice there's a bit of overlap here in some of these drivers between uh, this group and group number seven, our last group of the day, who ride, uh, who drive those SRF3s. Uh, so you'll see uh, a lot of the same drivers competing in both those categories, which means that they're quite familiar with one another as races, which does, or racers, which does help a little bit I think with some of these battles Brian because it, it uh you know you develop a sense for the patterns you develop a sense to what to look for here so hopefully we see some good competition coming out of this group as they spin around to turn number six and uh they seem to have fallen into a little bit of a pecking order now but Devonport is pulling out ahead absolutely they, they get a familiarity with each other and hopefully we get some rivalries too because you know I like to talk about stuff so that's always fun but uh, here comes your leader onto the front straight as we expect that would be Jim Devonport that P1 car definitely faster than the rest of the field uh, he should be the fastest car he should pull away and that's exactly what he's doing the question then remains is who's going to be coming across the line first in FE2 looks like that's going to be a TJ Acker situation uh, followed by Caleb Schrader and Corey Condit uh, that's where they were when they crossed the line after the first race lap here. Yeah, you may recognize T.J. Acker. I believe he was the man who won uh, the Group 7 race yesterday. So a talented driver right there. And able to put up some pretty impressive speeds here on uh, Willow Springs. And I wouldn't expect anything less, too, uh, in these cars. Like you said, Brian, the fastest we'll see out there today. Coming up through turn number four, though, uh, there is a little bit of a chase here for Acker. He's not getting entirely his own way. Caleb Schrader, who we did mention, uh, is closing in behind him. But overall, the Pacing of this group relatively equidistant across the board. The closest matchup we really had as they came through the finish line last time was Gray, Gary Fowler and John Geatman. There was only about 0.1 of a second uh, between the two of them. So, so not much there at all, but they are kind of falling back towards the tail end of this race as uh, really it's, it's looking more like a fight at the front between TJ Acker and Caleb Schrader that we should be keeping an eye on. Definitely, and here comes your leaders now through the last section of turns. Still Jim Devonport ahead. He's going to have a probably a three, four second lead here, if not even more here at the completion of race lap number two. Actually five seconds now uh, he gets moving forward. All the FE2 cars, a gaggle of FE2 cars come flying through after him, uh, but he's definitely been able to stretch out that lead there. You say, you say a gaggle of FE2 cars, and you're entirely right, but it's, it's a bit different, I think, Brian, than what we saw kind of in our last race, for example, where we had pretty tight groupings. Like I said, the spacing between most of the, the, the kind of bulk, the body of this FE2 group is relatively even. There, there's not been a lot of movement. There's not a lot of jostling for position. I mean, the only one, again, Caleb Schrader is still trying to, to, to push up on TJ Acker, but TJ Acker maintaining a relatively uh, comfortable bit of a lead. Now they're slowly starting to split up part basically into a series of dual duos a series of individual kind of two two groups uh, but still every time we say that they start to come around turn number seven and eight and everything kind of evens out again but some space is being put in between these kind of uh, two groups and here comes your leaders we're going to kind of not concentrate as much on Jim Devonport at this point and, and co start concentrating a little bit more on this FE2 battle. Really close at the line last time, and we'll see it is. And, and I think it was Caleb Schrader who was also in that, uh, that race seven yesterday as well. So as you have been mentioning, a lot of these drivers know each other, and here they come. A little bit of a gap now between first and second place in FE2, uh, stretched it out to about .7 seconds. So 
but as we, we've talked about, these FE2 cars, these are all spec cars, so uh, they should be pretty darn close to identical from a car standpoint. And it's all about what's happening behind the wheel. Uh, it's kind of exciting to think about in that sense, isn't it? It's, uh, some of these classes, obviously, they have such a differentiation across their, their capabilities that the car really does matter in a lot of circumstances. But like you said, these FE2s, it is a it is a driver showdown in a lot of respects. Again, coming up now to down, I should say, through turn number five, it's still relatively tight there between TJ Acker and Caleb Schrader, but Schrader just not quite able to get into the uh, ideal position, I think, to really challenge that lead. They have put a bit of distance between themselves and the next duo, though, and that's Corey Condit and Paul Marino, who you'll see coming in through turn number six right now. And then leading up kind of the tail end of all of this, it does appear to be uh, Thomas Burt and uh, Gary Fowler, John Yeatman there coming down through turn number five at the very back of the race. we got still about 25 minutes left in this race, and Jim Devonport's uh, walking away in that P1 car, which, again, uh, not in the same class as the FE2 car, so we are not surprised by that. About the same distance now, it looks like, between Acker and Schrader. And uh, they're just, again, slowly pulling away from the third-place car in FE2. And then you've got kind of pretty equal gaps between uh, uh, third, fourth, and fifth. Little bit, little bit of pushback there coming uh, coming through what we just saw. I think it was uh, Thomas Burt maybe getting uh, slowly crept up on. Oh, I'm, so I'm sorry, it's uh, John Yeatman who's slowly creeping up on Gary Fowler. They were about the closest pair we had when they just came across the finish line. Uh, but other than that, it's kind of boiling down to a relatively uh, set groupings here at the moment with nobody really able to make uh, quite... Uh, any progress really in terms of getting a pass in of course it is only six minutes into the race 14 laps still to go so plenty of time here for these races to uh these racers to develop something spectacular here for us and we got trouble in turn three we've got a car sideways uh just on the outside of three between three and four and uh he had spun and parked himself there another car just stopped and let that car get going instead of, of moving past it. Uh, that car is moving along. I believe that was the sixth car of Tom Van Wee who spun, and then I believe it was the Tim Day Jr. car who slowed down to try to figure out what he was doing. They're now both moving ahead again. Well, it was uh, unfortunate the car that spun out was effectively blocking turn right. four right there. So there was really no choice but to hit the brakes. Obviously, turn four isn't the kind of place where you want to try and go off-roading either. So uh, not exactly an ideal situation right there. And that means that the gap, I think, between the, the sort of leading cars of this race and those towards the back is just going to expand dramatically now uh, as we push ahead. Really, uh, another you know scenario to watch that's still developing coming down through turn number five, uh, that's TJ. Aker, or Acker and Caleb Schrader, they're still very close to one another. I don't think that by any stretch of the word TJ Acker is safe from the predations of Caleb Schrader just yet. Uh, but that's probably the only, I think, close uh, aspect of this race we really have at the moment. I would say that in these cars, none of them want to go off-roading, but Stephen Grafton in the last race proved that off-roading was the path to victory. They <laughs> went a, a big off between turns five and six on the last race, uh, off for the entirety of that little location there, came back on in third place, ended up winning the race. So maybe off-roading is the recipe for victory here. 
Maybe it is a controversial strategy. Don't know if they're <laughs> don't know if they're gonna like you down in the the mechanics are gonna like you saying things like that. I'll put I'll put that out there, but you never know. Uh, it didn't go that badly for Stephen Crafton, so maybe make something happen. Uh, by the way, an interesting uh, an interesting situation developing here as they come across the finish line. Thomas Burt is beginning to push up behind Paul Marino, about a point four ish second gap between the two of them. Uh, so that's another battle you can keep an eye on here. Uh, the gap between Caleb Schrader and TJ Acker does appear to have widened out to about a second here when they come around. And of course, these cars are quite nippy, so a second is a is a fair amount of time. The other thing these cars are battling, and this is the second group of the weekend that really could have a lot of effect by the wind. Uh, we've got really gusty winds here in the high desert this week, or today actually. And what's interesting and makes it even more difficult is their gusty winds. We can go a couple of minutes where it seems like there's nothing, and then we get a big old blast of wind, and that causes problems for these cars as they come out of turn one and head towards turn two. That's They're going into the wind there. And then also as they're going through the turn seven, eight, nine complex, uh, wide open and nothing to block the wind out there either. So if there's going to be issues from the wind, those are the two areas that the driver could get caught out. Uh, with a gust of wind that will either uh, screw up the car as they're trying to make a corner, also could really slow the car down because they're driving right into it in a portion of that section of those sections. They certainly are. Bert here still slowly creeping up behind Paul Marino. The, the gap between them now about down to a 0.7 of a second. I think just a little bit of clarification, too, on what we saw up there at turn number four. I believe it was Gar Gary Fowler who was the one that spun. Okay. And Tom Van Wee was the one who had to break going in there. So there we go. Let, let us assign credit where credit is due, <laughs> uh, as it were, Brian. Uh, but, yeah, again, it looks like there's going to be a little bit of traffic here for some of our racers, especially it looks like TJ Acker and Caleb Schrader might be coming up behind the aforementioned Tom Van Wee. Uh, so they're going to have to get around him. It looks like we just saw TJ Acker do that. Caleb Schrader passing him right now coming in through turn number seven. So they've handled that little bit of traffic uh, with ease. All right, we're working through. We just had a car number six. That's Tom Van Wee. He spun in turn four, was able to keep going. So that was a quick off and on there. Uh, but he's had another little adventurous ride here. A rough, rough run for him today. Oh, it is like that sometimes, isn't it, Brian? Uh, some days it's good, some days it's bad. All right, our leader, Jim Devonport, in the pits again. Same, uh, uh, he was in the pits for a while yesterday, too, as well. They're looking at the left rear of the car at this point. I don't know if he has a flat tire or if there is some other type of problem. Um, but the, the crew there is doing something, which makes me think they think they can fix it here in the pits and they don't have to end the day early. But we'll just wait and see what happens here. I'll keep, I'll keep looking at that for you. We'll see how that one develops here. I mean, he's basically right in front of us. So we got an eagle-eye view of what's going on down there uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, just a quick update on the uh, Burt situation with Paul Marino. Burt is really pushing hard. Every time they come down through the straightaway, it looks like Burt is going to try and angle in uh, just on the inside of Marino. Uh, but it hasn't quite happened yet. So uh, I think they're slowly building towards something there, the two of them. They, obviously, I'm assuming Burt wants to pass Marino. He's not just happy to cruise along in fifth place here. Uh, meanwhile, though, uh, TJ Acker and Caleb Schrader maintaining position. All right, so that was that was a cosmetic replay, a cosmetic fix, courtesy of Gorilla Tape. 
uh, there was some uh, apparently some damage on the left rear of that car, and and they were taking a couple of strips of tape to try to get that thing uh, put together. You know that bodywork is expensive. You don't want that going away. You want to be able to take it back to the shop and fix it. So uh, a quick little stop. And of course, you know he was our overall leader, but I believe he's the only P1 car in the race. So he needs to get back in the fray at least enough to get to the halfway point in this race and which he has just done so if he clicks off just two maybe two laps that he was that he lost while he was in the pits he'll cross over that halfway point and uh, if you don't know in the SCCA if you complete half the laps you'll be considered a finisher so he'll get to the halfway point he can still continue on and go to the checkered flag if he wants to uh, but, but since he is the only car in P1 he would be classified as the race winner here uh, if he just clicks off a couple of more laps. Yeah, and it does look like these cars will probably be finishing on laps before we hit that 30-minute mark. They're going so quick uh, that it doesn't look like we're, we're going to be pushing that 30-minute mark at all, actually. It's about, about 13 minutes, I think, in this race so far, uh, just past 13 minutes. So making good pace here, nine laps to go uh, for our leader, who is currently TJ Acker. Schrader not far behind him, about a second back, and then a relatively significant gap in between uh, Schrader and Corey Condit. And it doesn't appear that, that Schrader has a whole lot for Acker. They seem to be really, really evenly matched. And that doesn't help you when you need to catch up the guy in front of you. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll continue to look at that. Um, but the gap has not gained or, or fallen back a whole lot over the last, last several laps. So, you know, it's one of those things where, the, you know, it's a spec car which means the drivers are the ones that need to find a little bit of space or find a little different line to make that go car go faster. And it, right now, it looks like they're doing a lot of follow the leader here. Well, we're about halfway through the race here, so I think we'll do to do a quick rundown of the grid as a whole so you get an idea of where everybody is. In first place, it's TJ Acker. Behind him, Caleb Schrader. Number three, Corey Condit. Paul Marino. Thomas Burt. Behind that, John Yeatman. Gary Fowler, Jim Devonport, and then Tom Van Wee leading, uh, rounding out the lineup. All right. That full field halfway point rundown brought to you by the Racing Wire Podcast Network. All right, back at the action here, trying to figure out. I lost track of our leaders. <laughs> I think they should be coming out up there somewhere. Third. Yeah, they should. Oh, there they are. I think that's them. They just bought across the start finish line there we go there was tj acker and caleb schrader crossing the finish line here with seven laps to go the gap between those two cars 1.1 seconds again that gap's really not changed much tristan no it really hasn't they they kind of seem to be maintaining a distance and like you said it doesn't seem like caleb schrader has a lot in the in the quiver right now that he can really throw out here against tj acker they look relatively evenly matched all things considered the closest kind of competition still remains uh, Thomas Burt trying to catch up to Paul Marino though I will say Marino has nearly opened up about a second lead over Burt uh, that has definitely been our sort of closest back and forth overall uh, and I just I just don't know uh, we have about seven laps left to go here Brian I don't know if Caleb Schrader is going to be able to make some sort of uh, move manifest in that time to get him that first place spot. All right, group four cars to the grid. Group four cars to the grid. Your race will begin right after this one. Uh, so group four to the grid. Uh, we've got only about seven laps left in race three. So group four cars, please start heading to the grid. 
Well, speaking of Thomas Burt, by the way, he's pushing up right behind Paul Marino as they come through turn number six and head into turn number seven. He might be looking for an opening here. He is going to try, I think, and squeeze past him there as they come into turn number eight. I don't think he quite managed to do it. In fact, Marino has pulled out just a little bit as they come down into turn number nine, and we'll get a better look here when they swing that corner, and here they come. Paul Marino still in the lead. Burt still pushing behind him but did not find the opening he was looking for. They were very close up there around turn seven and then the gap opened up again uh, as they come down into turn number one. All right, your leaders now through four and coming down, down towards five. Still no issues for either one of those cars. Jim Burt, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jim Devonport has uh, slid in when he re-entered behind those two cars. Uh, he is faster than them, so I'm curious to see if he's just going to let them race and just be happy where he's at, or if he's going to try to come back into those two positions. Um, I still think, though, he'd be a lap down even if he passed them. I believe you are correct, Brian. And he, he slid back in there a lap or two ago, and he seems comfortable to just kind of run with that group of three on the tail end. Uh, we'll see. You know, like you said, he, he might be tempted to overtake, but again, he's got that he's got that gorilla tape on his bodywork, right? He probably doesn't want to push it too too hard unless he has to but I, I say that coming into turn one he did put on a fair bit of speed there and started to close a little bit on the backside of Caleb Schrader but didn't did not go for a pass going into turn number one right and you also have to consider that that car may really just need to go quick to be able to handle properly too you know uh, with a little bit of, of wing and aerodynamics that these cars do have sometimes they don't they, they handle better at 10 tenths than they do at 8 tenths. So that could also be a consideration that we're looking at right now. Our leaders should be coming back into our view just in a second here. Oh, they are back in our view. They're now heading down towards turn five. Still, uh, still Acker and then Caleb Schrader and then Jim Devonport. Uh, and they're also coming up on a back marker. So that will be interesting to see uh, how these leaders negotiate that back marker. Uh, that probably will happen within the next lap or two that they're going to catch that lap marker. And that's going to be caught with probably three laps to go. So this could be kind of an interesting moment uh, for all of these drivers here at the front uh, to, see the, to see who gets uh, who gets through that without any more issues. Our leaders now heading on to our main straight. Coming into our view again here, there is Acker, followed by Caleb Schrader. Looks like Jim Devonport's going to try to make that move, and then he decides not to make that move. <laughs> He's just been playing back and forth right yeah. there when they come into the straights. Just wanted to give a, a quick update uh, to that. Uh, we've been talking about Thomas Bird, who was trying to close on Paul Marino. Paul Marino has actually left the track, pulled into pits on the tail end of the last lap, and I think went into the tech area. So the race for them might be done today. That means Thomas Bird has moved into fourth position overall. Uh, it's worth pointing out, though, there's a significant gap between Bert and Corey Condit, who is in the lead. Uh, I think it's about a... Uh, it's about a nine-second gap between the two of them, so I don't think Burt's going to have enough time in four laps to necessarily make that up, but it does look like Paul Marino's race day is over. Yeah, I'm getting the impression that Jim Devonport's just going to let these two guys race for the win up front because he's not going to lap them and then make up that entire lap again. He just doesn't want to be part of the decision in this race, so uh, there's no reason for him to push it. Uh, really a classy and professional thing to do uh, to understand the situation and have the situational awareness to say, I'm okay here. I'll let these guys do their thing. Uh, we've got probably three laps left coming up here. 
and uh, a really, really nice gesture on his part. Yeah, it's a sort of dignified neutrality there, uh, all things considered. And here they come by us again, and he does tend to speed up a little bit going down that straightaway, but every time they come into turn one, he'll back off. So he's never actually making a, a too serious of a challenge, uh, all things considered. The rest of the grid, I think we're probably looking, with three laps to go, we're probably looking at what we will see our final positions be here. Uh, Tom Van Wee still kind of back, Gary Fowler back as well, Devonport back. There's really no serious battle, I think, out on the track right now. Uh, the closest I think we can get is Caleb Schrader up in that second place spot. He's about a second behind uh, TJ Acker, but has yet to find anything in the tank really to allow him to get around uh, that number 62 car. I think the bigger issue for these cars, uh, our leaders, is this back marker who may or may not play into the part here. And it doesn't look like they're making up a ton of speed. It is an FE2 car, so they should be somewhat in the same speed uh, area. But, uh, but it is a back marker, so there's a reason why that car is back there. But it doesn't look like they're making up a lot of time on that car. So with just a couple laps left, I'm not certain whether that will be an issue. Uh, but that would be our next uh, kind of decision-making point for these two lead drivers. Just a quick update, uh, it does look like there's been uh, uh, some sort of issue up on the top of the track around turn four and five with John Geatman. Uh, it looks like his race day is over as well. His car currently on the hook being towed away. Uh, so that's another member of this category who will not finish the race today. A bit unfortunate right there. I don't think we have the specific details of what has occurred, but it just looks like some sort of mechanical failure at the moment. Unfortunate indeed there uh, for John Yeatman. And it, it looks like they're far enough ahead where when the leaders do get to this slower car, it will hopefully be on this back straight area and it won't be in a spot where it could cause a problem here. I'm sure that the corners are, are, are covering the two cars uh, with the proper white flags. And it does just look like uh, Caleb Schrader's made up a little bit of time. And here's going to be the interesting part. They're coming up on this slow car, on, on the towed car. No problems. They both get by. Uh, it does look like Caleb Schrader was able to make up a little bit. And then TJ Acker pulls ahead. My question for you, Tristan, do you think that Schrader has something in the tank that he's just holding back on? Well, I don't know. Uh, but, but I'm not quite so sure. Two laps to go. I mean, he's got to make a move if he's going to make it, right? He, he might make it on the final lap when they get under white flag. I mean, he's been following behind Acker this entire time, really maintaining very good positioning, but never quite closing. Here they come in through the finish line. We'll get an idea of what the actual time gap is between the two of them. 0.5 of a second. So he's made up 0.5 of a second between the two of them since last lap. So maybe he is building up here. The white flag is out, Brian. So we might be seeing uh, if there's there is something in Caleb Schrader's tank. He's probably going to be using it here. Yeah, he's going to throw whatever he's got out there, and, and if it's enough, it's enough. And I will also say, T.J. Acker is one of the fastest cars in the country here in this FE2 class. So Caleb Schrader, you know, coming in second, if that's where this ends up, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no shame in that. This is one of the fastest FE2 drivers in the country, putting on a great show for us, and along with Caleb Schrader, making it very, very interesting. Uh, Jim Devonport in third place here, uh, or in, in the, is this is the car behind those two? He's a lap down, but not playing any role in this particular fight. 
Well, here they come around through turn number seven, heading into turn number eight, and it does look like, for all intents and purposes, TJ Ackler has managed to wind up that gap. Caleb Schrader, if he's going to pull something, he's got to pull it fast. They're coming down now into turn number nine. Uh, Caleb Schrader still relatively far behind Acker. There's turn number nine. They'll push round here, coming down into the straightaway. Still Schrader behind. He's trying to make up a little bit of room here as he comes in, but no. He's firmly behind T.J. Acker, who will cross the finish line. So T.J. Acker is your Group 3 winner. The distance, the gap between first and second place at the line, 0.124 seconds. That, I think, is the closest those two cars have been together at the start line or the finish line in maybe the last 10 laps. So definitely Schrader had an idea of what to do, just didn't have enough oomph to get it done. All right. Going to give just a second here. That was quite a race. You know, even with a small group of cars, it turned out to be very, very entertaining. And uh, we are having fun here as these last couple cars cross the line. Let's do our final full field rundown. This is race group three in the books here. Your race winner was TJ Acker. Second place was Caleb Schrader. Third place, Corey Condit. That's your podium. Jim Burt was third uh, or fourth. Jim, uh, I'm sorry, Thomas Burt was fourth. Uh, Jim Devonport, fifth place, but he was your P1 class winner. Uh, uh, Gary Fowler finished at, uh, sixth. And then Tom Van Rie was seventh. Paul Marino and John Yeatman also in this race. Uh, both of them were not running at the end, but they did have enough laps to be considered finishers. So they finished eighth and ninth. That's going to do it here for race three at Willow Springs. This is the Racing Wire Podcast Network.